<laughs> Never fails, does it? No. Welcome back to Not a Grande Outdoors. Uh, Rodney Wood, back with you after an absence last week. Yep. Uh, yay, Rodney's back. <laughs> uh, so last week, uh, met with uh, my brother Ty Jackson. Mm-hmm. He went through some trap and prep for us. Uh, very knowledgeable. I really enjoyed that one. It's a good podcast. Uh, um, if you didn't know, we also uh, recorded that podcast on video and it is posted on YouTube. So there's some good video content to go along with that. Kyle and Ty showing you. Um, some of the features of the trap, yeah. some of the nomenclature, um, we just kind of felt like it was good to add that element to it specifically for that podcast because... Good visual aid. Good visual aid. I mean, yeah. if it's, you know, in, in that podcast we said, oh, you know, you can Google a MB550 trap and you can, but it's when you're actually looking at it, it, it makes a lot more sense. Right, right. Yeah, so, so so that's good, and we're hopefully going to have some more of that in the future. Um, well, we are going to have at least another yeah. session uh, on trapping. I wanted to get out in the field with Ty mm-hmm. and do a couple of videos on a, kind of a step-by-step beginner's how-to. This is what you're looking for uh, as far as placing traps. This is what you're looking for as far as setting traps for different species. And uh, we're going to do a podcast on that. You, want, I know you're wanting to come out and do that yeah, with me. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there with you for that one. We'll make sure that that happens. But, but yeah, we're going to have s- some more video content, um, you know, some product reviews, uh, some how-tos, like you said, on the trap-in. And I know that we're going to be doing another podcast in the future, in the near future, for our elk hunt, um, you know, where we kind of go over... Uh, what gear we're taking, you know, list, camp, camp setup, setup. Mm-hmm. stuff like that. So we're going to start adding some video content. You can find our, um, our, our Not A Grande Outdoors page on YouTube. Yep. Um, um, if you're liking what you're hearing, mm-hmm. follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. We even have a Twitter handle. Yes. At Nada Grande OD. Yeah. Uh, we... But you can find all that stuff just by searching Nada Grande Outdoors. Yep. Um, or if you want to, you can just go to our uh, webpage, www.notagrandeoutdoors.com, and it has all those links to those social media outlets. Correct. Correct. So go to those, go to those outlets, um, uh, like us, follow us, share us, uh, if you're liking the content that we're putting out. I think um, we are. I mean, I think you are. I hope you are. I've, I've been getting comments from people saying, hey, I yeah. like what you're doing. Keep it up. So that's exactly what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. And the next thing that we'd like you to do is, um, like Kyle said, we've been getting some comments, but what we'd really like is some feedback. You know, um, we're going through this this whole season-long progression all, all the way back. You know, we started with putting in for hunts, and we're going to end up with eating and storing uh, our harvest, which hopefully we have. Exactly. Um, and so if you have questions, comments, anything like that, you know, go on Facebook, on our, on our, um, our webpage, Instagram, wherever, leave us a comment, ask us a question, you know, and maybe we could discuss it on a future podcast. Absolutely. Um, and hoping to get some more of that interaction 
as we go forward, uh, we're just enjoying what we're doing. Bear with us. So, you know, we've said we're going to have videos of this and videos of that, and we're working on it, but we're kind of a two-man crew right. doing everything at this point. So uh, we're, we both kind of work on the web page uh, design, the content publishing. Um, I just started doing the uh, video editing, got right. that one video out, and so... Uh, it's a work in progress, right. and it's a right. lot of work for guys who have nine-to-five jobs, you know. Right, yeah, well, and that's what we're all about, you know, the, the we're, we're not professional hunters, this is not what we do for a living, we, we have careers, and this is just our passion, and that's what we're sharing with you from, from the working man's perspective. Yep. So what do we got today, Kyle? Um, so this is an interesting topic, and it's probably... One of those hot button topics that's gonna ruffle some feathers, right? But uh, I want I I'm uh, gonna post a, an article or post a blog about it on the website, and so um, after you listen to this podcast, go to the website and read my blog. But um, it's it's something that kind of really upset me. Um, yeah, because. We always hear about, you know, how we need to get involved. Mm -hmm. um, there's a big push as far as hunters getting involved. Um, but I recently, and, and so I guess before we start, let, let me just throw the topic out there. And then, and then we'll get into it because I know you've got opinions on it. Yes, yeah. And I've got opinions on mm -hmm. it. And maybe this will this will stir up some some opinions from some other people as well. But I recently attended a a public meeting uh, put on by the New Mexico Department of Game and Fish that was uh, to showcase changes to our to the manner and method rules by which we hunt. Correct. And how many people do you think, uh, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a topic that would obviously hold some interest for hunters, don't you think? Yeah, well, it should. It absolutely should. Um, our voices are, are only as loud as we make them. And, and, you know, there's a lot of things going on right now. A lot of things, you know, from, from landlocked public lands mm -hmm. to... Uh, the changes in the E plus and the A plus. Mm -hmm. um, you you guys talked talked a little bit about it in in the trapping uh, episode um, uh, about how Colorado has you know done away with a lot of trapping. Well, just the overall uh, push from the anti trapping or anti. Trapping hunting element to take away our rights. opportunities, rights, things like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it should be of great importance to all of us. It was uh, disappointing, to say the least, uh, that I attended the Rat Home meeting where this was to be showcased. A department employee. Traveled all the way from Santa Fe. That's a three-hour round. Or sorry, 
a six-hour round trip, three hours up, three hours back yep. round trip for that employee to come and present those changes, those proposed changes. They are not even changes yet, but they're mm-hmm. proposed changes to the manner and method. Um, and nobody showed up. Yep. Not a single member of the hunting public uh, mm-hmm. showed up to that meeting. Which was disappointing because when you look at what these changes affect, they have a much greater, I think, a much greater impact on how we actually hunt. Yes. So when you think about the changes in the E-plus rule in New Mexico, the elk private land use system, uh, we recently had a bunch of those meetings as well. Mm -hmm. We did. And... You attended one of those meetings. I attended one of those meetings. Mm-hmm. And those meetings were to address where and when we hunt. Yes. Um, and specifically, how it affects the private lands. It, Correct. It, it didn't have a whole lot of effect on public land hunting other than the inside-the-course stuff. Some. Some, yeah. And, and, and it, so just to clarify, in those two meetings, there was two sides of those meetings. So they had a... They had a meeting that was geared towards the private landowners. Correct. And then they had a meeting that was geared towards the public landowners. Um, and I will give them credit on those meetings. The, the, the meeting that I went to, and we, we broadcast it live on Facebook, all, yep. all three meetings that we went to. Um, the, the public side meeting that was in Crucis that I went to um, was well attended. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the people that were there were private landowners. And they had attend, well attended the private landowner oh, meetings. Private well. landowner meetings were attended by 90% private landowners, and they were well attended. Um, and it's one of the reasons why private landowners end up with more pull than your public land hunters, is because they're making their voices heard. Yeah. Um, and so... Again, those those meetings dealt just mainly with where and when and when those animals are mm-hmm. hunted, mm-hmm. Uh, and it didn't even deal with the public draw. No, it just mainly dealt with the private land system and how that is. They're going you know suggested changes to that. Correct. And so the manner and method um, changes or suggested changes. Those are the types of things that um, all the little stuff that we worry about as hunters, are we doing it legally? So, you know, type of ammunition, uh, legal caliber, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you're an angler, whether or not you can have a barbed hook in a in a special trout water, whether special trout water, whether or not you can have. A uh, soft plastic lure versus a hard lure in a special trout water. Um, those are the types of changes that we that were supposed to be talked about at these meetings. Correct. And in 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 discussion with the presenters, I found out that none of the meetings they had four of them uh, across the state, one in Albuquerque, one in Cruces, I think one in Roswell, and one in Raton. None of those meetings were well attended. Yeah. At most, five to ten. Um, I think Albuquerque was the most attended meeting, and that was approximately 20 people. And uh, 
I was told that most of those were pilots who were worried about one, you know, one little paragraph within all the suggested changes. Yeah. Uh, and so extremely disappointing as a public landowner and a public hunter that nobody showed up. Yeah. And here's what, here's what infuriates me about it. Um, being a hunter and, and, you know, being on Facebook and doing these podcasts, you know, we're trying to get our names out there. So, so I'm in a lot of Facebook groups and the hunting community in all of these Facebook groups, they're pretty loud. They complain, they discuss, they post all the time nitpick nitpick um all of this stuff and i'm not trying to run them down but then when we have these public meetings where we can actually have our voice mean something rather than while we're safe at home behind our keyboard they're not there yeah and so when we lose our rights or when something doesn't go our way and look in the mirror that's why yeah that is why uh (laughs) And it's interesting to me because I don't know how many times I've heard all, you know, the private landowners get special treatment. The private landowners get this and they get that. And and it's because they show up and they... They're they, fighting for their they're rights. They're fighting for their rights. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't want to make a split here between public landowner or you know, public hunters public landowners and private landowners because I think that gap is already wide enough um, what I'm saying is we need to learn from them yes we need to band together quit quit you know picking on each other correct and band together and make our voice heard when it counts I'm not talking about little piddly crap mm-hmm. like I want more tags in unit. 52 because that's where I hunt. That's that's piddly crap. I'm talking about big changes that affect most people uh, in and outside of New Mexico. It doesn't really matter, Mm -hmm. but we're we're concerned with New Mexico, obviously, because that's where we primarily hunt. But um, those changes are going to affect not only New Mexicans, but uh, potentially... uh, future generations, my kids, and anybody else who wants to bring money into this state and and come hunting, whatever it is. But that's what's so interesting is that we have not figured that out yet. Right? It it is. And, you know, the the amount of information that's out there right now is mind-boggling. You know, so, you know, growing up, what I knew about hunting was what was discussed around family campfires. Mm-hmm. That's what I knew. Uh, I went through Hunter's education, um, and it was f- far more extensive then than what it is now. I've been through, you know, with my kids, and I'm currently in the process of becoming a Hunter's education instructor. Um, but it's not near as extensive as it was when I took it. You know, when I took it, there was an actual field test. We had to carry a gun several hundred yards and point out distances and, you know, some actual field stuff. You know, now um, 
it's not near as extensive as that. They don't, you know, everything's done in a classroom. You know, my little girl took her proficiency test inside. Inside. <laughs> Which, you know, uh, I don't put it on the, the hunter's education system to teach our kids how to hunt. That should no, be done by us as parents. That's your job, yeah. Um, but 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 that's but that's my point. You know, it's it's a lot less, and the information is out there. The information is all over the internet. It's all over Facebook. It's all over Instagram. Easily it's accessible. It's easily accessible. So, for the past you know five or so years, I've been educating myself a lot um, since we've started this podcast. The past few two or three months, I've tripled that. You know. So I'm not one to talk. I, well, I'm going to talk anyway because I'm a loudmouth. But I'm not one to talk about <laughs> being a little bit ignorant because for a long time I was. Um, but the more I learn, the more frustrated I get because um, I love hunting. It's my passion. Uh, when I got married, I told my wife, you've got two things to worry about. On Sundays, I'm going to watch football, which I don't do anymore. And I'm gonna hunt, which I every do every year, every which year. I do, and I'm not gonna quit. So until the until the elk start taking taking a knee, you know, for the national anthem, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We won't get into that. Stuff. No, um, but you're right. Well, what you just said though, uh, I said I'm not gonna quit, but I might be forced to, because there's not enough people out there fighting for our rights to continue hunting in the way that we believe it should be done. Yeah. And I think uh, that brings us back to where we were, where we're talking about. We need to learn from how the private landowners do it. You know, they right. they have, uh, you know, Farm Bureau. They have the Cattlemen's Association, right? And we have some of those, and we're starting to gain more of those. Um, one I can think of that uh, we've been kind of fought, I kind of follow off and on. Uh, on Instagram, Twitter uh, is the backhunter, backcountry back hunters, hunters and anglers. Yes, and you know they're doing some things like going to Washington mm-hmm. D.C. and and doing that. Mm-hmm. And and that's we need more of that. More, a lot more. Uh, at the local level. At the local level, yeah. I mean that's really good, but there are some we can do vastly more at the local level than we can on the on the yes. federal level. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what we need to. That's what we need to learn is quit this infighting. Yes. And quit this selfish behavior of I'm only concerned about my part of the world and all I want is more tax. Yeah, that that's you're you hit the nail on the head right there. There's a lot of hunters out there that are more concerned um, with whether or not their odds of drawing a tag are going to be increased than they are with um, whether or not their children are going to be able to hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Ranella, who does a media podcast, I've heard him say this many a times, and I never really thought of it until I actually heard it articulated. And he's 100% right. If I had the choice between being able to, and I'm probably going to misquote him here, but I think you'll all get the point. If he, if, if I had the choice between whether or not um, I could guarantee myself and only myself to be able to hunt 
or I could guarantee that those animals are going to be be there for generations to come. I'm going to choose the second option, making sure that those animals are going to be there for generations to come. Um, it's important. And, and I say that because if Teddy Roosevelt and, and the people back then who began this conservation movement, the North American uh, model, had not done just what I said, we would not be hunting today. There would be no elk. There would be no deer. There would be no bear, no cougar. We would have wiped them all out. Well, yeah, because the humans are selfish by nature. Yes, yes we are. Um, And so that North American conservation model has been proven time and time again to, uh, and which, you know, contrary to popular popular belief, hunting is a part of conservation. Yes, it is. Uh, but has proven time and time again, not just in North America, but across the world, when they've implemented that, their numbers go up. Yes. The animal numbers, because it focuses on putting those animals and their habitats uh, first. Correct. Um, now, that's not to say I'm one of those people who thinks that, you know, we need everybody to live in a city so that all the animals can have, you know, f- you know free roam or whatever. But no. uh, the way that it does work is the more hunters you have, the more, at least here in, here in uh, America, at mm-hmm. least here in New Mexico, the more hunters you have, the more money you have coming into the state more legal hunters because mm-hmm. we because yeah. the game of fish operates off of uh licensed hunters trappers and fishermen mm-hmm. so the more of those that you have the more money is coming into the state mm-hmm. uh agency who also gets money from the Pittman, Pittman Robertson, Robertson Dingle Johnson, Dingle Johnson. Mm-hmm. and so period if if we're going to be selfish we're going to we're going to hunt ourselves out of existence. Correct. Correct. It's, it's you know, that's, there's a balance there. You know, you, you hear, um, you know, like you talk about the divide between private landowners and, and public landowners. You know, private landowners um, have rights the same as us. Uh, we have rights the same as private landowners. And the two groups need to be one group they need to be one hunting community that is looking out for the welfare of the animals the habitat the conservation uh in their community and not just their portion of the community but the entire state well i'm glad you brought that up because too often you know those two groups are on opposite sides of Mm -hmm. the table when they shouldn't be they should be on the same side of the table because Mm-hmm. What they're pushing for benefits both groups. Um, now you have landowners out there, and mm-hmm. I know some of them, who give two craps about wildlife, and and in fact wish there wasn't any wildlife because the more wildlife there is, the less they can put cows on. Blah blah blah. Correct. But the smart landowners, and I'm not point any fingers here but the smart landowners have figured out you can make more money hunting than you can <laughs> selling cows these days right 
Um, and I'm not knocking because I grew up raising cows. I grew up ranching. Yeah. Uh, but most, if you're managing smartly, if you're if you're managing uh, intelligently for your livestock, you are also going to be managing for wildlife because uh, that's that just makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And there's plenty of ranches out there that do it yeah. successfully on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, there's, there's we, we've got to come together. And the third part of that is the New Mexico Department of Game and Fish. Listen, public landowners, they're not our enemy. They are not. Nope. Um, they are not here to eradicate the species because then they would be out of a job. Um they don't always get it right. No. But that you know, that's that's the whole point of all of this is that we have a voice, but only if we use it. You know, we can go to these meetings and we can say, Hey, I like that rule. Hey, I don't like that rule. Change is possible. Um, especially when we lobby for it. You know, we had the the short period of time or however long it was where we were having the print your own tag thing a bunch of people got together me included you included and said hey we want carcass tags yeah now we have them again now we have them again yeah that's that's a perfect example of what we're talking about let your voice be heard and so i think that's a perfect kind of a segue to get into um now that we've talked about what yeah you know that people missed these meetings. Talk a bit about talk what, a bit about what, what you meeting. missed. Yeah, let's, let's do that. So, when you get into it, um, I think there's some really interesting stuff. And let's start with carcass tags. <laughs> so, this is an interesting one to me. We finally got carcass tags back. Awesome. I mean, yeah. you're actually getting a product for what you pay instead right. of having to uh, print it out yourself. Yeah. It, <laughs> there's nowhere in the world that you can go to a store and say, I want to buy that. And they say, okay, print it out yourself. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, but ne- they're suggesting an e-carcass tag. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't know if you've looked over some of the suggested changes, but so the push has been uh, online, 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 because that's what the millennials know. That's, you know, they're trying to get new people into hunting to make it as easy as possible, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think there's some flaws in that thinking for my personal opinion. Uh, but in order to accommodate some of that the game commission as it stands has said you will have an e-tagging um option Option. and so that is one of those suggestions on there um and where it goes from here it's going to be up to us yes yeah now this is one Typically, we don't try. We try not to give opinions here on the Not a Groundy Outdoors podcast. Um, we have them. We 
we try not to say we like this, we don't like this. You know, when we went through all the E plus stuff, we basically just gave the information out there. We didn't speak to whether or not we thought it was a good change, a bad change, or anything like this. When it comes to this E tagging system, I'm going to give my opinion. I don't like it. But we want to give you the information so that you can decide. Correct. Don't rely on us. Don't rely on our opinions or, or what we say. This is why these meetings were so important, mm -hmm. so that you could go get this information firsthand Correct. and make your own decision. Um, that being said, what they're suggesting for the e-tagging is that once you you download the Pocket Ranger, and let me let me pull this up so that I can make sure and give you guys the correct information on this. Uh, you can find this information on the department website. When you go to wildlife.state.nm.us, mm -hmm. that's the department uh, website. Right there on the front page, you're going to see something called proposals, uh, something like proposals being considered or something like that. Yeah. We, we will. We'll, we'll go, have a link. Yeah. If you go to Nauta Grande Outdoors and, and look up this blog that Kyle's going to post, and it'll be up by the time you're listening to this. Yes. We'll have a link to that page in there. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, it, it uh, those manner methods changes and some rib changes, they have both, are going to be in there. And so um, looking at this, uh, the summary of changes for the e-tagging, it says, hunters will have to immediately access department's e-tagging app after killing their animal. The app will provide an e-tag number the CIN or customer identification number and date of kill. The hunter will have to write all of this information on durable material, flagging or tape, with permanent ink and attach this durable material to the carcass, antlers, or horns. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that, if you read the actual regs and rules that are in place right now, is that we have a carcass tag rule where something has to be carcass tagged mm -hmm. and so um it's supposed to you know if you're one of the questions that is obviously going to be asked is if you're out of service is this going to work mm -hmm. they're saying that it's supposed to work kind of like well, I don't even know what system it would be like. But basically, whenever you send a text message when you're not in service, mm -hmm. it continues to ping trying to find a tower. So it will, it will do that. The app will continue to do that to try and send that information. As soon as it gets service, it's mm -hmm. going to send that information in. Yeah. And so that's kind of the change that they're looking to put in there is that you will have the option either to do the the carcass tag, the physical carcass tag, or you'll have the option to do this e-tagging. Okay, so they're going to give you the option for either one. Correct. But you must you're going to have to choose that option whenever you put in for your hunts. Yeah. And so you can't change halfway through and say, "Uh, I think I want a, a physical carcass tag." Once you choose e-tagging, you've got to do e-tagging or once you choose carcass tag, you've got to do they'll send you a carcass tag and that's what you're going to have to do. Yeah. And that's, you know, I mean, at least they're going to give you an option. That's better than nothing. My my question about it is, 
um, person chooses e-tagging option and kind of like the the print your own license deal it's just a built-in way to cause problems if you ask me you know but again that's my opinion uh, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give my opinion on that one I'll keep it to myself on most of the others but that's my opinion on that one I just and I we'll just see how it goes I mean um, I just it, it, I mean maybe this is something you guys can send us you know your yes. your thoughts on yeah send us your thoughts um and if you have a, a particular... Send the Department of Game and Fish your thoughts. Yes. If you have a particular <laughs> comment or a particular preference that you want to voice, we will also have that link in in my blog. Um, or you can... It, it says it right there on yeah. the website yeah. under the proposed changes. It says submit your comment to etc. etc. Right. Right. So I, I want... You know, I don't like to carry my phone with me when I'm hunting. No. Why? I mean, the whole... For me, again, my opinion for me, I don't want technology. With, I want to leave that technology at home. And that's an interesting uh, topic. I don't know if we want to get into it this podcast or not, but but how much technology is too, too much technology. Yeah, well, you're hunting. Um, and th- so, having stated that, if you start looking at some of these suggested changes, there is one in here about uh, the use of the cell phone or the satellite projected game cameras. Um, you've heard about you know those, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know anybody that has those that's using them? I do. Um, does your your does son use them? No. Okay. Uh, that's Rodney's cousin, but uh, anyways, uh, just if you when you when you're looking at at the technology that's used, uh, I think one of the biggest things that I think about is fair chase, right? And so well, I'm like you. I don't want to carry technology. I I go out hunting to get away from crap, right? And I'm a big proponent of traditional skills. I like I I'm one of those person who thinks that uh, muzzleloader season ought to be traditional. Period. You know I don't I don't like these inlines that can shoot just as far as a rifle. To me, it defeats the purpose of of the muzzleloader season. Yeah. That being said, that's just my opinion. Yeah. I voice yeah. that opinion uh, when I can, or it, you know when I. If if they were going to change one of my favorite hunts in the state, uh, down there in thirty three, mm-hmm. uh, from the traditional, I would voice that opinion. I would say exactly. this is bullcrap. But uh, th- again, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so coming back to the technology issue, how much is too much? I mean, we're getting to the point where uh, with drones satellites right um all of that stuff is it is it about skill anymore or is it just about <clears throat> closing that gap oh well, yeah that to me that's a lot of it is closing that gap um one thing that i think you know, you know I, again that i have opinions on all of that stuff i'm going to kind of keep them myself I, i'm with kyle um 
I think skill should always outweigh technology. Um, one of the things that I think that we need to keep in mind here is unintended consequences. Okay, that's something that we really need to be looking for. Um, as this new stuff, new technology comes out, we want to watch for unintended consequences. Um, so the game cameras, you brought up game cameras. I, I wish they didn't exist. I wish that when they first come out, they would have been restricted or outright outlawed back then. Now, they're so common. Everybody has 10 of them. They're all over. You can't even walk through the countryside anymore without somebody taking your damn picture. <laughs> um, I do not believe in vandalism, so don't steal them. Don't damage them. Don't break them. Ruin them. If you want to set a tree in front of one, have at it. <laughs> you know? Um, but, you know, if, if you want to find animals, go look for them. Don't be lazy and go put up a camera to do your work for you. That's just my opinion. But they're there. They're established. We're not going to get rid of them. And they have their uses. I yeah, mean, uh... sure. You know, we've used them. Yeah. Um, but in a much different way than most people do. Um, but the, the point I'm trying to make, though, is with a lot of these new rules, like you mentioned drones and stuff like that, we want to stay on top of this. We don't want to let something slip its way into the rules that is going to cause unintended consequences, and we won't be able to do anything about it later. So keep that in mind, you know. And <laughs> so... With Rodney having said that, first I'll I'll say one of the suggested changes is is that any cell phone or satellite camera where a, a, a game camera takes a picture, and if it has cell phone service, it Im immediately uploads it to your cell phone, or if it has satellite service, and it immediately mm -hmm. uploads it to the cloud, or or you know, and but you can view you can immediately view that. They're they're suggesting that those be unlawful in conjunction Correct. with hunting purposes yeah remind remind you that's that's the key there that it's uh for hunting purposes uh with the drones they're they're gonna suggest that you know same as flying you can't use it for hunting purposes um whether or not how that goes i don't know but those are some of the suggestions that are that are being looked at. Now, having said that, and having you know talk talking to Rodney's point in that we're going to have to keep an eye on these things and and all that. I hate to see more laws put in place, right? <laughs> because um, hunting is complicated enough as it is. However. I think in certain instances, there are loopholes and there are um, questionable practices that may need to be addressed that, that people are taking advantage of. Um, and so that's, that's one of those touchy places where you're like, okay, what do I do? Because I don't want more laws, but at the same time, you know, I don't want people taking advantage and and doing things that would take Correct. away my opportunities. Correct. Yeah, and that's, 
you know, it, it is, you're right, you know, the more laws, you know, but there's, I mean, we've already got those kind of laws that, you know, there's restrictions on, you know, fixing to segue the hell out of you here, boss. There's restrictions on, you know, where you can drive, when you can drive, when you can hunt, where you can hunt. There's restrictions on the diameter of your broadhead, and there's restrictions on caliber of bullet that you can use for species. Yeah. Now, if I'm not mistaken, they're looking at allowing a 22 caliber to be used to hunt elk. Yes. So that's... Dear Lord. What's that? Not given my opinion, but dear Lord. <laughs> so that's, that's a, another one of those where it falls under... One of it's it's one of those morally questionable uh, topics. It's right. like ground pounding game birds, right? Is it legal? Yeah, yeah. Is it ethical? Yeah, probably not. Who knows? Depends on who you talk to, etc., yeah. etc. Cetera, et cetera. You know, and that's. But I know guys, so I mean, this is skillet shooting. Yeah. yeah, I know guys who can, you know, who say they can you know place a 22 kill you know down down if you place it correctly you could down an elk and sure et cetera, if you, et cetera. you can if you can kill an elk with a bow why can't you kill an elk with a 22 um we're proponents for for patch and ball muzzleloaders uh you know and we talk about fair chase right yeah so you talk about a, a, a bullet that just really won't thump a deer. I mean, it's really not going to just knock them over. So I mean, you're talking ethics, you know. Wouldn't it be better to just go ahead and hit that deer with a three thirty eight Lapua, put him down where he stands? No pain, no... Sure, you know, it would. So, I but, mean, it goes both ways. It's hard. It's let me, hard. It's a hard argument. Let me, <laughs> let me play devil's advocate here. You and I both bow hunt. Yeah. I would... In in my experience, and I don't know, this is just basing off my experience, I've heard more stories about people wounding and not recovering animals bow hunting than I have with people rifle hunting. So should we allow archery hunting? Exactly. Yeah, so, no, I mean, so yeah, I know. is it's, the twenty two caliber really gonna do anything? Because if you're, I mean, if you're out there hunting an elk with a twenty-two caliber, yeah. obviously, um, you're probably not going to be very successful. No, it, it's a tricky, it's a tricky deal. I mean, compound bow versus, uh, you know, your traditional, traditional. bow, mm -hmm. um, same thing, you know. But that, and, and, you know, how do you regulate that? How do you govern that? Because, because even the best of hunters wound animals that get away. Mm -hmm. um, do you say well archery hunting is no longer going to be illegal or be legal because you know of the wound rate? Um, I don't know. That's that's a crux. It, it's we have no good argument for that. Yeah. We we just don't. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to you know the the satellite, G, the the satellite and GPS cameras, that's no that's no different than flying. You're 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 
you're you're taking away hunting and i i think the argument for archery or for traditional muzzleloader is it is a tradition that's why they call it traditional mm -hmm. it is a tradition of hunting um flying over and spotting an elk and then going after it because you saw it on camera with your drone, that's not hunting. Success rate probably go up. That's not good for management. Yeah. You know, this, man, the, the arguments just can go on and on and on and oh, on. Yeah. There's no end to... So I think, I think one positive thing... And there's there's several, but but let me just throw this out here. One positive thing that I know is is if these suggestions go through, mm -hmm. but I know that this they are trying to do something here because of numerous suggestions that have been made. I know that they are trying to make hunting easier, mm -hmm. and let me give you some examples of that. Yeah. In these summary changes, clarify real quick: Are they trying to make Successful hunting easier. They're or trying, trying to, to make, make it easier for people hunter. to go hunting there without you. making them law violators. Gotcha. Uh, because the truth is, uh, there's probably greater than fifty percent of the people out there that on any given day, a uh, game warden could come across them and find some sort of violation. Yeah. Just because there's that many laws. Yeah. So, that being said, I know for a fact, having had conversations with the presenters, having had conversations with the people who have um, written these proposed changes, their intent is to make it easier for people to go hunting. Simplify. And simplify those laws. couple examples. Um... Arrows and bolts, they're looking to allow small game hunters to use more appropriate points for their game and not be, uh, not have to have that steel requirement for broadheads. So they're allowing for some of that technology advancement mm -hmm. to be viable, mm -hmm. as well as making it so that small game hunters can, can hunt with a wider variety of, of heads that are more appropriate for taking small game. Yeah. Another example of that. Uh, would be the barbless lures or flies. This is for you fishermen out there. Mm -hmm. The barbless lures or fly. Uh, they are going to allow or proposing to allow the use of soft plastic as an artificial component in making lures and flies for fishing in the special trout waters. Mm -hmm. Now, trying to make it simpler for people to fish, there's going to be an outcry from those hardcore Fishermen who fly fishermen. fly fishermen who are gonna say, Oh, you know, you're gonna slay fish yep. because you know the soft plastic mimics, you know, a, a night crawler or whatever. I think they've tried to take that into account and know that that is happening, but how much of an impact are you really having on the resource? Most of the fish in this state, you still have a limit, you still have a limit. That's a, I mean that, and that is one of the biggest things is you still have a limit. Yeah. Special they, trout waters, they, most of them are going to be catch and release. So yeah, they're, but they're arguing that that yeah. fish is going to swallow it, and you're going to kill it, and blah blah blah. Yeah. 
Don't know how much that's happening. So, I mean, that that's a good question is, are we as hunters or anglers going to take on that fight and say, here's, here's what I've seen and present that? Yeah. I mean, because really that's the way it ought to be is if if we're complaining about something, you ought to have some hard data showing it. Showing it. Yeah. yeah. That's what we expect of them is scientific hard data, right? Yep. Yeah. And that's what it's kind of what I said at the beginning. Educate yourself. Um, and then you know, these rules, these regulations, they should all, all of them come from us, from the people, mm-hmm. because it's our game. It belongs to us. Okay? It needs to be managed, needs to be regulated. But all those, all that management, all that regulation, all those laws, all those rules should come from us. Mm-hmm. And, and the only way it can come from us is if we let our voices be heard. If we don't let our voices be heard, they're going to do what they want based so, on their data. So the argument uh, that, that will probably come from that is, well, all those decisions are made by the Game Commission, and the Game Commission is appointed. How, well, how, would, you, how would you respond to that? Um, who appoints them? The governor. Vote for the governor. <laughs> That's how I'm going to respond to that. So, and I'll <laughs> add to that that if you think that writing to your commissioner or calling your commissioner or getting to know your commissioner and seeing them face to face and you making your voice heard doesn't count, I can tell you you're wrong. Absolutely wrong. Uh, I have written to the game commission. I have written to the governor. I have written to the senators. That's I didn't always do that, you know. I used to be ignorant, very ignorant. I used to not care what happened outside of Unit Thirty Four because that's where I grew up hunting and fishing. I didn't care, you know. Now that we're on this trek to hunt in every big game unit across the state, it it matters to me, and I I should have mattered to me before, um, and that's kind of what I'm saying. You know, the whole point of this podcast is is. It absolutely matters. You know, when when the question came up about carcass tags, that's what I did. I wrote to the senators. I wrote to the governor. I wrote to the game commission. I'm not saying that my voice was the deciding factor, but I know it mattered. It absolutely mattered. Yeah. So I think that's, I mean, just kind of where we want to leave this is we have got to stop infighting and we've got to quit mm-hmm. being so dang mm-hmm. selfish. Yeah. Take 10 minutes. 10 minutes of your precious Facebook time. Where you're going to rant about uh-huh. how stupid these rules are. Yep. Yep. And write a letter to the Game Commission. Write First, a letter. read the rules. Yeah, read the rules. Educate yourself. Write a letter to the Game Commissioner. Write a letter to your governor. Write a letter to your senator. Write a letter to uh, um, Zinke, you know, at the federal level. It doesn't matter. You know, the more, the more, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And the more we um, articulate our position, especially if it's well articulated. And that's going to be the key because you have... You can't come with opinions. You've got no. to come with facts. Come with fact. You can you can come with some. No, no, the letter that I wrote about the, the tags, you know, it had a lot of personal experience and stuff like that. But 
it has to be you're right but it has to to be be based yeah you have to be and and i guess i should restate that don't come with you know i think these rules are stupid and you've never even read the rules right exactly and if you read the rules and don't understand them ask call somebody ask somebody right hey you know this it says this what do you think that means um and i can you know um i can tell you you call a game of fish They'll let they'll let you talk to somebody who actually probably yeah. wrote it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you said something earlier. You know, start at your local level. You're exact. You're absolutely right. So start in your unit. Okay. We're not going to know everything about all of it. Okay. There's a lot of we don't do a ton of fishing. We do some, but we don't do a ton. So there's a lot of fishing rules that we don't. I don't know what the fishing rules are at at Abiquiu Lake. I've never fished there. So start at your local level. You know, whatever unit you hunt in, know the rules for that unit. Know the, the special wildlife management areas in that unit, the, the wildernesses in that unit. You know, start there. Start local. And as you learn that, it will lead you into more. I mean, that's what, that's what worked for me. Maybe that won't work for you. Hopefully it will. But that start local and then go from there. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good, good advice. Um, Guys, we've we've got to start showing up. Absolutely, we and can't we can't be silent anymore. We can't let Facebook be our voice. No, because it doesn't do anything for us. Nothing. Uh, it's the court of public opinion, but nothing happens. It'll start an argument with another hunter. That's, that's all true. it's going to do. That's all it's going to do. It's gonna, two two hunters, hundreds of miles away, pounding on their keyboards. Uh, flexing their muscles to to no avail, and th- and and that's another good point. Before we before we sign off, quit being so outraged at everything. Quit right. being so mad. The only way that this works is if we work together and find some compromise. Yeah, you're not going to get everything your way. Period. No. You're not. No, you can't no. please everybody. Either. You can't please. None everybody. of these rules are going to please. No, somebody's going to be pissed off. But for the most part, we need to figure out what we agree on Mm -hmm. and go from there. Yeah, absolutely. I want to to give out a special thank you to all of our Facebook followers, to all of our podcast listeners, to all of those who follow us and comment and like us on Instagram. And um, we've got some cool stuff coming up. Hunting season for us is fixing to start. I know that a lot of you have already been out there and at it. It's fixing to start for us. Yeah, right? It's been pretty rough watching all the pictures and and all of that stuff. But um, congratulations to those who were successful. Congratulations to those who weren't because it was still a hunt. Yeah, it's still an experience. And uh, just for you guys' information, we have uh, our first... Hunt it forward candidate. We do. That's right. And we are extremely excited about this, guys. Uh, this is this person is someone who has never been hunting before, and uh, we're gonna. Uh, I talked to her earlier this week. Earlier this week, mm-hmm. uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, I think it was. I talked to her. Uh, kind of got a feeling for where she was at, what she was wanting to do. Uh, we made a plan, and 
uh, we're going to take her hunting in December. Right. Absolutely. It's going to be a it's going to be a great thing. I, I really, I really like this hunt it forward stuff. Um, if more of us were doing it, uh, we would bring those numbers up. We'd bring them hunters no, numbers up. You know, that's more applications. That's more big game hunters tags. It's more money in the pool, more money for conservation, more money for hunting, um, more competition. Sorry, guys, can't have it both ways. Yeah. That's just a fact. And uh, I'll tell you this. So... When we started this Hunt It Forward, we weren't too sure about kind of the response that we would get. I had a feeling that there was an element of the population out there who wanted to try hunting, Mm -hmm. um, but were, you know, it's too difficult to get in on your own. And so once I made the first contact and and started reaching out to some, some people that I knew, um, man, it started to snowball. I've been talking to people all over, right? And I've got uh, at least five right now who are interested. Good in it. And yeah. so, like I said, we got our first candidate. We're gonna work on it from there. We're gonna take you guys with us, and hopefully, uh, you guys will take this and run with it as much as we do. And we're gonna we're gonna take you guys along on this journey. Yep. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and visit our website. Visit our website. Oh, oh, one more. Yeah. Coming soon. Hats and shirts. Yes. It's it's in the works. Um, don't know how soon, but but should be this year, maybe early next year. Yep. Um, but we're gonna have some hats and some shirts. Uh, hopefully some of the proceeds will help us push this hunting, hunt it forward through, um, good program. Absolutely. Um, check out my blog, www.notagrandeoutdoors.com. Uh, we talk, what we talked about today, I've got some, uh, some, uh, words on paper for you. So go check it out and share it. Thanks for joining Adiós. Adiós.